This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I just want to welcome everyone that's tuned into Radio K Pulpit with Alana Willy for you. And my program is called Body Matters. And today I'm going to be chatting about the topic giving. So when we think about giving, we naturally think about money. But giving covers such a broad spectrum. And the definition of giving, I just want to read this, is called providing love or other emotional support. So when we think about giving, not everyone, one of us, have got the gift for giving. Did you know that in Romans 12 verse 8 it says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. I know that um, even for myself, I often laugh because sometimes I struggle to give. And I don't know, many of you maybe out there also struggle to give, maybe giving to others. But some people can give generously. And if I think about my husband who loves to give, um, he's got such a heart to give to people. And the one thing I notice is people that give always have. So today I just want to um, start off by looking at how can we give to other people? How can we give to the church? Why must we give to the church? What are the benefits of giving to God's kingdom? So first of all, I want to read 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 8. It says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, often when I think about giving, you know, when we, when God asks us to give, I think the one thing that God looks at is He looks at our heart, the condition of our heart, and our willingness to give. Um, you know what? I believe that God can give to anyone He pleases or chooses to. He can use anyone, but there are times when God requires us to give something, and I believe that is to test our hearts. You know, are we prepared to sacrifice? Are we prepared to give? And most of all, are we prepared to be obedient to Him? So let's get, um, look at the um, principle of helping and giving others because there's so many ways in which we can give to other people. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just, you know, you just want to cry or you just feel down and you've come to a point where it feels like maybe just everything is up against you and no one really cares. And sometimes it's during these times that often we need to to actually get up and start keep getting our eyes off ourselves and start focusing on other people. Um, every time you look, take a little bit of time out of the day just to help others, you know, just to make an effort to to help one another. And I believe that is God's heart is to just 
go out, reach out to other people, get our minds off ourselves, because many of us, we're so selfish in our own ways that, you know, we need to focus on other people. Also, as human beings, we all need support. We all need encouragement to thrive. And life is not always easy. And we often face obstacles that challenge our ability to overcome. And that is why it's so important to help others to help them we never know what struggles other people are facing sometimes we're so caught up in our own struggles in our own world in things that are going on around us but sometimes we need to start looking outwardly and choose to make a difference in someone else's life so let's so let's always strive to be empathetic and i mean there's so many ways in which we can help other people by even just being compassionate giving um, someone a phone call and say, you know what, how are you doing? And always remember that our actions have the power to uplift and inspire other people. So let's just look at how can we give to other people. Um, you know, sometimes it's not giving away something tangible or physical. Sometimes it's often just lending an ear to someone. You know, walking in the mall and offering a smile or, you know, just giving someone a little bit of advice or a word of encouragement or even just a shoulder to cry on. You know, just finding them saying, you know what, I'm here for you. You know, people without people, you know, it's so difficult when people isolate themselves, when we isolate ourselves. Um, you know, we need other people to encourage us as well as encourage them. So what we can do is give of our time. And sometimes we don't have money to give. Um, you know, we don't have things to give, physical things. But I believe it's most important to, you know, to give of ourselves, sometimes emotionally, um, sometimes just an act of kindness, you know, get, buy someone some flowers, you know, just a random something complimenting someone or even just, you know, making someone laugh. We can make such a big difference in who we are without having to give anything materialistic to anyone. And as I said, you know, it's life. That is the way we as Christians need to um, build up one another, encourage one another. I mean, if we look at the world today, there's so many things going on. There's so many people that has lost their work, um, people that are sick, people that, you know, have been diagnosed with, you know, with so many things. And, you know, it's a difficult world even to raise our children. Um, you know, people don't have work. And often, you know, people isolate themselves. And I think that is the one way in which we as Christians can reach out, um, you know, cry together, laugh together and and just make that difference. So let's just take a, sh a short break and then we'll come back on how we can give um, financially to people or to the church. Hi, just welcome 
everybody that's just tuned into Radio Capital Bitch with the line at Willie for you. And today I'm talking about the topic of giving. And that giving is such a broad, um, you know, there's such a broad spectrum of giving. And you know what? God requires us as Christians to give. And as I said, often we think it's financially or we need to give something away or whatever. But sometimes it's just giving of your time, um, giving a word of encouragement. Um, just being there for someone. So there's so many ways in which we can give to others. And as I also mentioned, some people have the gift for giving um, and not everyone has it. But even even if we don't have it, I, I truly believe God wants us to give in in whatever, whichever way we can. Sometimes we, we don't have the financial means to assist other people. But still, God's heart is for us to give and he tests our heart to see if we, we we will give because he says he loves a cheerful giver. So let's look a little bit about how do we give to the church? What is God's requirement for us, specifically when it comes to tithes and offerings and all of that? You know that God is interested in our finances, our businesses and our means of income, and he wants us to prosper in every area of our lives. You know, all God is requiring from us is to give a portion back to him. What he had given to us in the first place. You know, many people will say 10% of what you earn, but according to the word of God, we should be, as I said, cheerful givers, giving according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let me read again that scripture I started with in 2 Corinthians 9 7 that says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctant or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So what does that mean? God loves it when your heart is good towards giving. You know that you can give, but you can have an attitude in giving. You know, sometimes God asks you to give away something in your house or, um, you know, and then you think, oh, no, God, I'm not going to give that. No, 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 not that, not that, Lord. And sometimes it's just God testing us. If I, you know, if are you prepared to give everything away for me. So why does God want us to be cheerful when we give? And I believe that God is interested in the attitude and the condition of our hearts as we give to the church and to others. I also believe that God wants to cultivate a heart of gratitude within each believer and the heart that is willing to give in obedience to his spirit. Because giving is part of his character. You know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. God is a giver. You see, when we give, we do not have a right even to dictate to others or the church how they should run their affairs with that money. We can't tell people, look, I'm going to give you money, but then you have to do X, Y, and Z. No. You know what? What they do with that money, they will have to be accountable to God for what they do. And I know there's people that often say, you know what, I'm not going to give to the church because the church just wants money. And you know what? But at the end of the day, it's not about if you as a believer go to church. And this is not what the church requires. It's what God requires because God wants you to sow within his kingdom. You know, someone once said, and I know I've mentioned this before, that if you are stingy to give when you have a little, 
Imagine how much more stingier you will be when you have much. Isn't that true? When you've got a little and then you think, oh, I'm not going to give. But imagine you've been blessed with a lot. Then you're going to think, no way, no, I'm not going to give it. So God is always looking at the attitude of our heart. So look at Matthew 19 verse 24 says, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. I think that is so scary when you really think about that statement, you know, that even when you are rich, you've got a responsibility to God's kingdom. And in 1 Timothy 6.10, it says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You know, sometimes we say, you know, if I just had enough money, then I could do this and I could do that. And, you know, we're always thinking about one day. But you know what? I think that God wants us to be satisfied with what we have. And I know Paul says, learn to be content in all circumstances. And he says, I've I've learned to do with a lot and I've learned to do with a little. But most of all, I've learned to be content. And I believe that God wants us to be content. You know, sometimes we're asking God for money and we, we want this, we want that. And you know what? We look at other people, we envy them. Look, they're going overseas every year. Look, they've got this, they've got that. And, you know, but sometimes that's not what God has for you. You know, God gives you as a Christian, not always what you want, but what you need, because God is interested in your heart. It says, what is it to forfeit your soul? You know, it, um, no, I can't think of that scripture where it stands, but, you know, to, to sacrifice your soul, that's not God's heart. You know, he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be content and he wants us to have a heart of thankfulness and he wants to bless us you know so many people think you know if you're a christian you need to live a life of poverty and you know you just need to get by because that's humility but that's not humility you know god wants to bless you and i'm going to come to that later on why and how god wants to bless you let's look at luke 12 34 that says Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thieves approaches and no moths destroy. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So my question to you is, where is your heart? And I mean, I can ask that same question to myself, because if God had to ask me today, Alana, I want you to give everything away. I don't know how my heart would be. I mean, we're human, you know, Lord, really? So where is your heart? Where is my heart in obedience to the will of God? You know, we also need to remember that it's the Lord that gives us the ability to create wealth. So let's look at God giving us the ability to create wealth. You know, he gives us the mental and the physical capacity 
to do what we do, as well as the personality um, to function effectively in our workplace. He also gives us the gifts and the talents and the opportunities to generate an income. You know, it's God that that created you. He knows what you're good at. And especially when you're walking in your gifts and your purpose, it's so effortless, you know, to do what you do and to create wealth. In Deuteronomy 8, 18, it says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You know, God opens doors for us and He surrounds us with the right people, divine connections to place us in the right workspace. I know many of you are probably wondering, you know what, am I in the right job? You know, Lord, where do you want me to be? And, you know, sometimes it's not God places you in a situation where sometimes you just don't understand why am I here, Lord? And you know what? It's not always about um, the the money or the finances. Sometimes God puts you there for the people around you to maybe have an impact on them or even a divine connection where you are or sometimes where you are is a stepping stone for something greater or another place where God wants to use you. So that's your training ground. And I know we don't always understand that. And sometimes we think, Lord, why am I here? I truly believe you put me here. And, um, But you know what? Our ways are not God's ways. But it does say, if you lay your plans before the Lord, you will succeed. And if you trust God and you you give it to him and you pray about it, God will bring you to the place where you need to be. And sometimes you have to go through different phases, different places. and, And I believe that is your training ground. So Don't worry about it if you don't understand. Give it to God. Just give it to God and say, Lord, please, you know my heart. Guide me, help me, make my feet as sure as those of a deer. And God will place you in the right place at the right time with the right skill, with the right people. Um, And that will benefit you in the long run. Just to look at another point, you know, God wants us to give him the first fruits of all our income. Now I want to um, explain this concept a little bit. So let's look at Proverbs 3 verse 9 that says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your crop. So what does it mean to give God our first fruits? And out of my understanding, this is what I believe God wants us to do. It says, firstly, we honor God for what he has given us. So, and secondly, this means that before we spend our money on anything else. Now, this is a concept I've listened to a sermon of um, Rob Morris, or Robert Morris, if I'm not mistaken. And he explained this concept so beautifully. But let's go into that a little bit more. So it says, firstly, we honor God when we give our first fruits. And we should give God first before we pay our debt, before we spend our money. Give to God first what belongs to him. Then he promises to increase, protect and bless the remainder of our income. And I'm going to read that scripture because it's in Malachi 5. 
but I'm going to get to that just now. So it dishonors God when we first spend our income on other things, when we get up our first paycheck and then we go to the shop and we buy things. And then whenever there's money left over, then we say, oh, okay, I must still pay my tithing. And but before you can even pay your tithing, all your money's gone already. I don't know if any of you have heard of that expression, having a hole in your pocket. You know, often we hold on to our tithes and offerings and because we think, you know, it's been a tough month. You know, I don't want to spend my money this month. You know, God will understand, you know, um, last month was a hectic month. But then that that month when you decide to hold back on your tithes and offering, normally, I don't know if you guys have experienced it, but then your car will break down or your fridge will pack up. Suddenly, you're sitting with expenses that you've never budgeted for. And this is a typical example of when the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy. He steals from us. This is because we have violated the principle of giving our tithing first. And therefore, God cannot protect the remainder of it. So God says, if you give me your your first tithing first, before you spend on anything else, the remainder of the money that you've got left, I will protect it. Because that is a, a, a principle of God. He says he will protect our finances. Um, and that is in Malachi 3, 9, 12. So listen to this. It says, you are cursed with the curse of robbing me. Even the whole nation Bring all the tithes into the storeroom. That And the storeroom means give it to the church. Give your tithing to the church or wherever God asks you to sow. And it says that there may be food in my house. Okay, now whose house? He's talking about God is talking about himself. Give the tithing to my house so that there will be food in my house. And I believe it's not just um, physical food, but spiritual food. And God says, and try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Isn't that awesome? And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. Now, this scripture is so powerful. It's got so many, so much content to it. It says, first of all, bring all your tithing, whatever you feel in your heart you need to give, give to the church or where you are fellowshipping or wherever God says to sow that money. And then he says, so that there can be food in my storehouse. Okay, so what what they do, the church does or whoever you give it to does with it, they are accountable to God. But God says, try me now. He actually challenges you and he says, come, give it to me. And then he says, Will I not open for you the window of heaven? Now, when you think about the window of heaven, it's the benefits of heaven. It's not necessarily money. Think about it. The windows of heaven. It says what? When we pray the Lord's Prayer, it says, On earth as it is in heaven. 
let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that God can open up the floodgates of heaven for you? That healing, that miracle, those things that you're trusting God for. He says, I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. It could be financially, it could be healing, it could be blessings, open doors, it could be anything. And then it says, there's a promise of protection. And it says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. What is God saying? I will protect your workplace. I will protect your means of income. Um, I will protect you. Protection. And that, there's a promise of protection. That's why I say give God your first fruit so that he can protect the rest of your money. You see, tithing is not just about giving. But more importantly, it's about the spiritual promise of protection and blessings connected to it. God wants to bless us. And when we are obedient in tithing or sowing, wherever God wants us to sow, the Lord promises to protect our business, our means of income. He blesses us, not just financially, in all ways. And he says he will devour the devour on our behalf, means that he will fight for us. He will protect us, our businesses, our means of income, you know, in, in many different ways that God, you know, wants to protect us. And let's look at another principle, and that is the principle of reaping and sowing. And in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see, God wants to invest in our business. God wants to invest in whatever means of income you have. You know that God is a businessman. You know, we, God is a doctor. If you think about it, God is every occupation we can think about. He's a doctor because he's Jehovah Rapha, a healer. But God is also a businessman and he wants to invest in you. So when we pay our tithes and offering by giving to the church, we are investing in God's kingdom. So every time you give your tithing, you're investing in God's kingdom. You're saying, Lord, you've helped me to create this wealth. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have this money. So I'm giving back to your kingdom. I'm I'm investing in your kingdom. And that's God's business. The kingdom of God is God's business. So when we give back, our tithing, we're investing in God's business. And the more we invest in his business, the more God will invest in our business because he can trust us with his finances. And I hope this makes sense. But God can bless you financially in your workplace if he knows he can trust that you will give a percentage of that back and sow it into his kingdom. I mean, that's reaping and sowing. Why would God invest money, make you wealthy when you're not going to use it to sow it in his kingdom, but you're going to use it for selfish reasons? And then you're going to think, why? But God's not blessing me. I don't know why my family is ill or sick or whatever. Because God is interested. He wants you to prosper 
but he wants you to give back. He wants you to sow into his kingdom so that he can sow. So it's, it's a whole big circle. The more we take care of God's people, the more God will take care of us. And in Malachi 3, sorry, he says that he will open the floodgates of heaven and we will receive so much that we will not be able to contain it. Why would God want to bless you when you are not a blessing to his kingdom? Think about it. If you're a businessman, are you going to invest in something that you are not going to get a return on? No. It's going to be silly because then you're going to be throwing money away. So it's the same with God. He wants to bless you in your workplace so that you may be a blessing unto others in his kingdom. When you sow into his kingdom, he sows back into your kingdom. And so that is the principle of reaping and sowing. But let us take a short break, music break, and then we'll come back and we'll be ending off. Welcome back. This is Alana Willifier. If you've just tuned in, you're with Body Matters. And today I was talking about giving and how we can give to other people and that God requires us to give, you know, and um, sometimes we can just give people um, our time. We can give them a shoulder to cry on, a word of encouragement. So there's so many ways of giving. And then I've just looked at the at why we should give to the church, to God's kingdom, and what are the benefits thereof, and that God promises to protect us and He challenges us to to give, and also that God looks at our hearts when we give. You know, He's He's interested in the condition of our hearts when we give. So let's just end off um, talking about, you know, when the Lord blesses us with wealth. You know, it's not only meant to be a blessing for us. You know, God, but also for the people that God places around us. And sometimes it's not just about physical wealth, but it's also about giving of your gifts. Um, you know, God has given each one of us gifts and some of us need to operate in those gifts like hospitality, um, giving us a gift of encouragement, um, giving us the gift of giving. <clears throat> so there's many ways that we can use our giftings in God's kingdom to give. And as I said, those gifts are not just for us. Those are to bless the people around us that God places around us. And if we don't take up our calling or our responsibility, other people are suffering because we are not doing what we're supposed to do. You know, because it's a flow. It's an inward flow that flows out and it's like a ripple effect when we start giving and operating in our gifts. You know that we are strategically placed to serve others and therefore we should be humble stewards of what God has given us. You know, we have a responsibility as Christians to sow back into the church and the needs of others. I just want to read in Proverbs thirteen twenty two that says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Isn't that amazing that even the wealthy people that don't serve God, that eventually the wealth will be used for the righteous, for those who believe in God. And in Psalm 112, verse 5, it says, It is well with the man who deals generously 
and lens who conducts his affairs with justice. So we must remember that nothing on this earth is permanent. You know, we cannot store up treasures on this earth or place our security in anything that this world has to offer. You know, we can hold on to God. He's the only security that we have. God is the only stable thing. You know, we're going to, we came into this world with nothing. We're going to leave with nothing. You know, our wealth and our house and our everything that we build up on, on this earth is eventually going to be worthless one day. And you know what? Someone once said something to me. It says, learn to live in faith. And I know sometimes it's so difficult to just say to live in faith. You know, we always want more. Or we always need more. But sometimes we can just live in faith that God will provide. He says, God will provide all our needs according to his riches. You know, that we will live a lifestyle because it says the righteous shall live by faith. And that is that faith that when we ask God anything and we believe that he will give it to us, we don't need to depend on the world for anything, but we can depend on God for everything, God to provide, because he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that, that provides for us. And so, you know what, at the end of the day, in Acts 22, verse 35, it says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I know maybe I'm challenging you today and even challenging myself, you know, to look at our hearts when it comes to giving to others. You know, we want to hold on to things or materialistic things. And even just selfish with our time, even with our own children, even when I was preparing um, to chat um, today, I was thinking about, you know, even with our own kids, you know, to give to them, whether it's time, whether it's a hug, you know, the, I was thinking about the, the, the love languages, you know, that's all ways in which we give. Sometimes we may need to make an effort to give. And the one thing I also thought about was, you know, how often we see people and we think, you know, they're well off. You know, we don't we don't ever think of giving to those who have. But sometimes it's such a blessing to give. And I just want to give an example. Like I had a friend um, of mine and they've, they're very well off. They, I mean, they could buy whatever they want. And I remember... Um, packing up my boys that had clothes that was a bit too small for them and she had two boys and so I packed it all and I thought who can I give it to and I thought okay I'm going to give it to her but you know what maybe I know you know it's second hand I know I'm sure they can buy new stuff and you know what just that thought of when she when she when I gave it to her and she was saying you know what people always think that I've got and therefore they never offer to give but you don't know how much I appreciate it it's the thought of just getting something you know sometimes people's love language is to give them something and we often don't give people enough if it's a compliment a word and I know I'm repeating myself but 
even to our children to spend that little time and just say, how are you doing? You know, time and life is so busy. We run around, we're working, but we never invest in people. And as I said, it's not just giving is not just financially. Yes, we have a responsibility to give, but giving can come in many, many different ways. So I just want to pray for you. I just want to end off with that thought. And I just want to pray for you um, before I say goodbye. So Lord, I just want to pray for every listener that's listening to my voice today. Father, I pray that you will stir inside each and every one of them. Just the idea of giving. Show them, Lord, how they can reach out to others, whether it's just a hug, time, a phone call, I love you, um, I appreciate you, you know, words of affirmation, words of encouragement. Lord, you know, often we, even ourselves, need it and how we can become so inwardly focused, Father, that we forget to to give. And sometimes when we give, Lord, the principle of reaping and sowing, we can give to receive, and that gives us joy to to see other people, Lord, being blessed and, and feeling happy and loved. And Lord, you reward us, each one, according to our heart and according to what we do and according to what we give. So Father God, cultivate in each one of us a heart to give to others. Help us to take our eyes off ourselves, place it on the people around us. Father, that we may be a blessing unto them in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you so much for for listening to me and I hope this encouraged you and maybe clarified a few things. And um yeah, just to just to be able to give again, you know, just to remind ourselves, give give just something small a smile that's all it takes so yeah looking forward to chatting to you guys again next saturday at the same time from me alone at willie view goodbye this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpulpit.co.za